You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget, you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. If you were watching the Mets play on Saturday, you may have seen Noah Syndergaard throwing an unconventional bullpen where he was not wearing his shirt or baseball pants, but instead wearing motion sensors all over his body as part of some new technology the Mets are implementing to help their pitchers throughout the season. I'm going to talk about that throughout the length of the podcast today. Also later on, I will talk a little bit about Janashwi Fargas, who hit a cycle in a spring training game last Thursday. Who is this guy and will he impact the Mets this season? Before we get to any of that though, I'm your host Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizeOnline.com. So in an article written by Tim Healy of Newsday, he talked to Jeremy Hefner about TrackMan, which is a radar system that measures ball movement and the adoption of motion sensors to compare with TrackMan and get a really good idea of the mechanics of each Mets pitcher, which will only be more helpful throughout the season as the analytical department continues to monitor these things for the big league club. Hefner says this, quote, there's some things just from a coaching perspective where your eyes will tell you a lot, but then there's other things that can help, whether it be track man, a radar gun, or in this case, a motion capture system that helps maximize potential. If you go around the game, this stuff is very common. The track man to measure ball movement. Motion capture stuff. Trevor Bauer, since 2013, spends his offseason in a warehouse. If you read stories on him, it's really fascinating. Basically working with the best minds in analysis and essentially putting himself into a computer. He basically can engineer a pitch that he wants to throw through other people's videos. From looking at pitchers from the past and trying to mimic it through all of these different techniques to basically engineer himself into a better pitcher. That's Trevor Bauer, who is at the high end of this type of pitching technology. And honestly, unless you have some PhD in this and you're really focused on learning the ins and outs of it, it's really hard to understand everything that goes on. But the bottom line and kind of the cut down version of it is the Mets are now putting motion sensors on these pitchers. And then right now in spring training, when they're at their best, their mechanics are as good as they're going to be. They will get an exact picture of what perfect mechanics for a Noah Syndergaard is. And then, so let's just say Syndergaard's going through a little bit of a rough spell. He can 
put all these sensors back on, throw a bullpen, and see, oh, wow, clearly I'm opening up my front side, and that is why I have lost some velocity. That's why I don't have the same control. So there's a lot of interesting things that come from this, and it is good that the Mets are kind of going into the new age a little bit and accepting this modern technology and integrating it in a smart way to help their pitchers stay healthy and produce. And that's what this stuff does. Those things that were on Syndergaard are called mocap markers. You put them all over your body and then through tripods that were set up around the pitcher to the catcher, they're able to monitor all of this stuff. So again, it's a little bit confusing, but it's definitely good to see the Mets taking a step in the right direction to evolve with the times. Noah Syndergaard had a great quote to Tim Healy. He says, quote, where baseball is going is the access to the data and technology that we have in using it and not in a cheating way. It's great because we're able to supplement the TrackMan data with the motion capture and seek some comparisons and similarities. Edwin Diaz said to Tim Healy, quote, it's good because you can see your mechanics. That's what I'm looking for last year. I had a problem with my mechanics, so I'm doing that to see how it's going. As I said, these tests were essentially to find a baseline, to establish what good mechanics are, and then to keep an eye on it throughout the season. So right now, if Jeremy Hefner is looking at Edwin Diaz and he's saying, okay, everything looks really good. The movement on your pitches is great. This is exactly what we want to see you do heading into the season and throughout the season. And then he starts hanging pitches and giving up home runs. This just gives him another avenue to try to correct those mistakes and use the science to find solutions. Because at times, I think if you're not relying on that and you simply are being told from an eye test from a pitching coach, hey, your front side's opening up, you're flying open, it maybe is a little bit harder to grasp than if you can see a visual display of exactly what's going on. This was you three months ago in spring training when you were really happy and comfortable with the way you're throwing the ball. And here's what it looks like now. How can we try to merge the two and find a way to get you back to where you're comfortable to be at your best? Now, I don't think the Mets are as advanced in this department as some other teams who have been doing this for years, but at least they're starting to adopt it. And by bringing in Jeremy Hefner, someone who understands the analytics and the science behind these things, he really has been a perfect hire to adopt this. And I'm going to talk about Hefner as the Mets pitching coach and also touch on John Ashwee Fargas in just a minute. When the Mets announced that they were going to have Jeremy Hepner become the pitching coach, there were some people who were very excited about this move, and others who wondered, wait, wasn't he just on the Mets not that long ago as a pitcher? How is he qualified to step in and be a pitching coach? Well, we've talked about him throughout the offseason at various points, but right now we're finally seeing him at work, and this store with the motion capture system is just part of what Jeremy Hefner brings to the table. 
the Mets wanted someone who could work with the analytical department and understand everything that goes into that and as a former pitcher be able to communicate that information to his pitchers. And I think Jeremy Hefner is going to do that at a really high level. He was just an assistant pitching coach where he was basically doing that exact thing. Now he gets the opportunity to have full autonomy as the pitching coach to really make a big impact. And I think if you look early on in spring, you're seeing a lot of guys pitch really well. We talk all the time about the three pitches at the back end of the Mets starting rotation right now. Who's going to get the spot? These guys are making it hard on Mets brass to decide because they're all pitching really well. Steven Matz, 1-5-0 ERA across six innings pitched. Rick Porcello, 1-5-0 ERA across six innings pitched. Seven strikeouts, too. You go to Michael Waka, 1.17 ERA across three starts. He has thrown seven and two-third innings. Five strikeouts, does have four walks. But what you're seeing is all these guys have shown up to camp and they're producing at a high level early on in spring training and they all look to be at the top of their game. Do you completely credit Jeremy Hefner for that? Not necessarily, but all of these guys being as sharp as they are as early on in camp as it is, it is just a great sign and you can't look at all of that and say Jeremy Hefner is not at least a component in what is going on. So I think Hefner was a really good hire. At times you might think how important is a pitching coach, but last year we saw after the Mets fired Dave Island and Phil Regan stepped in, the pitching absolutely got better. So this should be very big for the Mets in 2020, and I just like that they are trying all these different things to really get the most out of the pitchers that they have on the roster. So I think all of this is great news. Moving on to Jadashwi Fargas, who had an unbelievable game on Thursday against the St. Louis Cardinals in what eventually became a 7-7 tie game. And I had recorded a podcast on Thursday midday. I don't think the game might have been going on when I was recording. So I didn't even think that there was going to be anything big to talk about heading into the weekend, and a player goes on and hits for the cycle. I don't care where you are. If you're in T-ball, if you're in Little League, if you're in travel, if you're in high school, if you are in the big leagues, if you're in a softball game, uh, adults, men's league, slow-pitch softball, whatever it is, if you hit a cycle, that's impressive. And John Shwee Fargas did do that on Thursday. He hit a triple in the second inning, which is usually the hardest part of the cycle, but Fargas can fly, so that was not a problem for him. He then later stretched a bloop single into a double, again relying on that speed, got a base hit, and then late in the game with the Mets down by one, Fargas hit a home run to tie the game in what eventually became a tie overall. So who is... Jonashwi Fargas. I can't even tell you if I've talked about him because I don't really remember when the Mets signed him. When the Mets signed him as a minor league free agent, maybe it was something that I referenced. But honestly, it's a little bit forgettable. But here the guy is, and he brings a skill set that not a lot of people have. Elite speed. 
He can play all over the outfield with that speed. He's a center fielder. And so that's something to keep your eye on. This is a player that was with the Giants, never really got a chance. He decided after struggling to get above double-A that the Mets presented a better option for him, and he signed with them as a free agent, which was smart because the Mets don't have a ton of options in the outfield in the minor leagues. I've talked about Ryan Cordell a lot since the start of spring training. Aside from Pete Alonso, if I'm not mistaken, Cordell has more hits than any other Met through spring training, so he's clearly been getting a lot of playing time. Fargas has been coming in a little more sparingly, but like I said, bring something new to the table. Across his minor league career, which spans seven seasons, he has 235 stolen bases. In 2018, he stole 47. And in 2019, playing 127 games in double-A, he stole 50 bases, was caught 23 times. But it's just an interesting player to know that you have in your back pocket. I would argue that depending on how your pitching staff is going, if the Mets ever went to a six-man bench, or even when you expand to a 28-man roster now instead of a 40-man roster, depending on what your needs are, having someone who could come in and swipe a bag as a pinch runner is an interesting trait and one that could be utilized very well. If you remember years ago, Eric Young Jr. was great at that for the Mets. I remember one year, I think it was 2016, he came back to the Mets and essentially was there just for that. Come off the bench and steal some bases after September. Now that you don't have a 40-man roster, a little bit harder for someone like Fargas to make that type of an impact. But if he goes out this year, has a big year, and presumably AAA, maybe AA, wherever they start him, Maybe he sees some time this year. I don't know if he is necessarily a prospect, but he's someone to watch. He's still only 25 years old, turned 25 in December, and is very athletic, so that's something the Mets are obviously going to be keeping their eye on. Anyway, that'll be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. Thank you for listening. Also, If you want to check out another great baseball podcast, tune in to Locked on MLB. Sully does a great job hosting that show. I've been on a few times. It is a lot of fun and a great listen. So whenever you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on MLB.